So I had a boss and he, uh, he told me, he said, uh, always say yes. He's like, he's like, you'll, he's like, you got to say yes. And you got to do stuff that's out of your comfort zone. And he goes, you'll, you might hate it. You might like it, but always say yes. And I mean, granted, you don't always say yes to everything, but that's the one thing that uh, like I took away from that guy is, and, and just saying yes has opened up so many doors to so many cool things. You know, when somebody asks you something, just say yes. Welcome to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I'm here today with Jason McDonald, the Gator wrestler. You've been on Inside Edition, I believe. Um, thank you for joining me today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I uh, We've been communicating back and forth online through like Instagram and YouTube and really appreciate your support of our page and then i started seeing you doing your thing um and so we thought it'd be a good way to connect and do you mind if we watch one of your videos and yeah no that'd be great but um and then we'll get it going from there okay i'm gonna share my screen here and this will all be kind of edited but here here we go this is pretty cool and audio. Bam dressed as a <laughs> watches this man dressed as a superhero catches an alligator blindfolded. What could go wrong? Jason McDonald. You've probably seen this a thousand times. I, I've seen a lot of my videos a lot, yeah. Huh. Out of the water at Colorado Gator Farm. <sighs> The 36-year-old daredevil braved the pond, which holds between 50 and 60 alligators. Whoa. You can't feel them. You barely touch them. Whoa. McDonald performs health checks on the animals and says the gators usually can't tell who or what is touching them because there are so many. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I I specifically didn't watch this so that I could watch it with you. Donald's been wrestling gators for 12 years. Oh, my God. One time. I'm a little chunkier than Ryan Reynolds. Uh, (laughs) You look like a a really good friend of mine from the Army. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. That's kind of a big deal. And, you know, you have a bunch of these other viral videos that we don't necessarily need to watch. But if you go to Gator Wrestler 303, it looks like you got a few of them on there. Yeah. Story Trender. I mean, so let me unshare this. How, how do you how do you start wrestling Gators? I'm sorry. Sorry. That's probably cliche. No. But. So I originally like, so I was always like, when I was a kid, my mom would like tease us with like snakes and stuff. So I was terrified mm. of reptiles for a long time. And, uh, you know, like she'd throw gardener stick, and, and which is horrible, you know, like you're supposed to like, you know, build trust with people. And she would like, thought it was funny to tease us. So I was terrified, like of snakes and all that. So then I, uh, at one point I saw like, um, like dwarf came in at the, the reptile store. And I was like, oh, I think I'd like to get one of those. But I knew I'm from the, the area that the Southern Colorado Alamosa, where the, the gator farm's from. So I'm from down there and uh, and I knew they had the class. So I was like, I'm gonna go take this class and learn how uh, learn how to handle them. And then once I started taking the class, I was like, I would much rather play with a 10 foot alligator than own a little baby one. So. Wow, you went to a school to learn how to handle alligators. 
basically. I mean, a class. Yep. It was one class. No, I mean, I've done it. I've done it like hundreds of times. No. So yeah. So like, right. What it used to be was is $50 for the class. And then every time you did it again, it was only 25 bucks. Uh, the prices now have went up to a hundred dollars to do the class just because it's so time consuming. But I mean, I've, I've cut thousands of alligators, but yeah, before, before I started doing it like hardcore, I mean, I would go every other weekend, I'd go down to Alamos and, and catch a gator just because I love doing it so much. And you got bit once. One time in 20 years, yep. And uh, it was because I actually put my hand in the alligator's mouth for, for a, a trick. And uh, and I, I breathed too hard in its mouth. And their mouth is so sensitive that the breath caused it to, to clamp down on my hand. How did that feel? It was extraordinary. Like 13 minutes. I was stuck in its mouth for 13 oh, minutes before shit. we could pry it. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like it was a little gator, too. It was, it was a like seven to eight foot alligator. And uh I mean, luckily enough, when it started to roll, it tried to roll to pull my hand off. It had it had three uh, fingers in its mouth, and it tried to roll and pull my hand off. And I grabbed its face, and I yelled for my wife to come jump on its back to help hold it down. Oh and uh, yeah, so it's funny she uh, she actually ruined a phone because she she didn't pull it out of her pocket. She just came and jumped. I mean, she's diehard. You know, who who else would go jump in a gator pond to help? You know, keep that as a keeper. Yeah, yeah that's. So we tried using wood sticks and stuff because we didn't want to hurt the alligator. People were like, why didn't you just poke it in the eye or do this? Like all this terrible stuff. And it's like, I mean, I was a stupid one to put my hand in its mouth, you know, and I got bit. So there's no reason to hurt this alligator. So we were trying to do it as, as gently as we could. And it just kept snapping sticks and like it just kept digging. Like it hurt so bad. And then finally we had to get a piece of a uh, metal rebar to pry its mouth open and get my hand up. Uh, like a crowbar? No, rebar. Yeah, yeah, basically like a, a giant fence post that we yeah. had. Yeah. And where were you when that happened? I was down in Yeah, I was in Colorado. We I was actually uh I, I was doing uh, some photography for uh, like a, a company had sent me some stuff and they said we would take a couple cool pictures. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. And I and I got lucky because I was actually I only had the the, the tip of my hand inside of its mouth. I was gonna do my whole forearm in its mouth, and that would have been a, an awful day for me, but uh, I got lucky. Yeah, I remember the rolling thing from a movie. Like they roll and they take you under the water, and yeah. then you, they eat you later when you're tenderized or something. I've had two really good friends in Florida that almost lost limbs just be from alligators like biting hold and like you know doing that death roll. That's what it's called when they roll. It's, it's a death roll. It's it's it, it is horrific. Wow, I am. Uh, I'd like. I mean, I don't know if there's like footage of that underwater. I imagine there's probably something somewhere. Death. Uh, nature is metal. Yeah, something. They go so fast too. Like that's the thing. Like when they when they start spinning, if they're in deep enough water, they spin so fast. And then luckily enough, when I when I got bit by this one, we were on the land, like right on the edge of the water. So otherwise, and like I said, I had all my weight on him. I was in a good spot. Otherwise, it would have been really bad. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm glad that didn't end how it could have. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, you you were telling me earlier, like you you made these viral videos, and you were able you were able to quit your job so that you can like do what you love. Sure. And so the viral videos are probably like you wrestling gators, right? Mostly, yeah. So my very my very first video that went viral was me throwing my son in the air, and I I had a GoPro on my head, and then I took the GoPro off and I put it on his chest. He was like uh, he was like two years old at the time, and it was just us throwing it, and like and and a company bought that video. They said, "Oh, it, we want to license that video." And I had made like three hundred YouTube videos at that point, and uh, and then 
And then there's these companies were like, Oh, we're going through your videos now. And it's, I just had, I, no one had watched them hardly. And then these companies started going through and they're like, Oh, we like these videos from in the past. And then, and then other companies would message me, Hey, can you film this? You know, we really like to get this kind of footage. So I started doing that and like it, it opened up a whole bunch of doors. So. Wow. Cause everyone, you know, growing up in this era wants to be a YouTube influencer, make a viral video and be famous or whatever. Sure. You know, and so how, so you, how did you, you kind of just said it, but like, what was your thinking behind starting the YouTube videos and all that? So, I mean, I, like I said, I really love the alligators and like, uh, I just, I wanted to be able to put it out there and remember, because I remember like before we had like the, the GoPros and stuff like, Oh, I've been doing it for so long that like, I, you know, like I said, we had like the old clunky cameras and, and TV shows would come out and record us with their big cameras. And just like the cool memories we had back then. And like every year, like something changes at the farm and you can't do this. And we used to have a whole bunch of like 10 and 11 foot alligators. Well, they started fighting each other and some of them started killing each other. So now we have all of our really big alligators separated off into their own ponds. But I just, like I said, I want to be able to remember all that stuff. And so like when I got, when I got the ability to do the GoPro, you know, like I just started recording everything, but everybody wants to be a superstar, but they don't want to put in like all the hours that it takes to, to make the videos and the footage to start out with. Yeah, you just said you made 300 videos before your first one. You know, that's some dedication, yeah. right? And you're, yeah, so this is, that's kind of why I do this is for, to, to be able to reflect on later in life, you know. Uh, yeah. And pra I, I like, also like the idea of practicing conversations, meeting new people. We've been able to like communicate via text, but never actually spoke. Sure. And it gives us, gives it's like a, not a date, but kind of like a first date. You get to know somebody. Yeah. And you're doing your thing. We're all trying to do our thing. And I like um, the ability to, to connect and turn off the phones and just focus in on a good old-fashioned conversation. You know, not to mention my dad used to listen to talk radio constantly when I was riding with him in the car. And so I was always very into talk radio. And so now I kind of, this is our version of talk radio, you know? Absolutely. I drive a lot for work when I, uh, when I have downtime, I drive, you know, like I'm getting ready to do a 24 hour drive from, from Northern Wisconsin all the way down to Miami. And, and hundred percent, I listen to talk radio and podcasts, you know, because music is great, but like you, you can only hear the same song over and over so much. I know my ratio from music to podcasts. I mean, I, I love music, but it's like 90 10 or something pot towards podcasts because there's so much good shit out there and there's always something new happening and you always want to like be in the conversation so to speak listening to the latest political scandal or maybe the latest ufc like with sean strickland yeah he's making waves <laughs> saying wild shit I like to always try to get smarter too. That's why I like to yes. listen to stuff that makes me smarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one thing about like, especially with some of the music nowadays, I feel like that absolutely makes me dumber, you yeah. know? So like, I try to always better myself. So like, it's important to me to do that. Oh, I like that actually. I'm always like, I'm a self-help kind of guru type person. I read the self-help books. I listen to the motivational speakers and even uh, Andrew Tate. If you listen to his motivational shit, he his, he's locked into the mate, you know, the understanding of the matrix and how the mind works with the universe and whether it's all bullshit or not, it kind of worked for me. I started 
doing these things that, you know, I read in these books, Think and Grow Rich, to, for example, by Napoleon Hill, highly recommend it. Okay. Um, it talks about, you know, manifesting shit and how it starts, you know, with an idea, but you can't just sit there and meditate and think and, and imagine something. You got to imagine it, feel it, but then you got to go do the work, you know, and then the universe will kind of like work in a dance with you is, but it's, and I don't know if it's all bullshit, but I did it. And now I have this company. We just became the official underwear sponsor of the UFC and I'm super right? fucking pumped about it. And, uh, is it is it magic is it just a coincidence i don't know so i had a boss and he uh he told me he said uh always say yes he's like he's like you'll he's like you got to say yes and you got to do stuff that's out of your comfort zone and he goes you you might hate it you might like it but always say yes and i mean granted you don't always say yes to everything but that's the one thing that uh, like i took away from that guy is and, and just saying yes has opened up so many doors to so many cool things you know when somebody asks you something just say yes yeah, Jim Carrey, yes man. It's uh his life got uh considerably better after yeah. as he was saying yes to these opportunities. Cuz yeah, if you say no, then, I mean who are you saying no to? This world is so trippy. You don't know if the if everything is god and get, this is all just a test or are we just meaningless beings in on you know spinning around the sun? I <laughs> like what is the meaning of all of this and it is kind of like what you make of it and the book think and grow rich talks about these 500 most successful people at the time you know it's like andrew carnegie henry ford um well there was a bunch of other ones some presidents and stuff uh i anyways and he condensed all of their philosophies on how they became successful and like put it into a book. And there's like 17 principles. And if you follow them, you'll be successful. But is I don't know. I did it and it seems to be working. But uh, the yes thing tends to help because if you're trying to do something and then like, for instance, the UFC reached out to us is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Very scary. And I, I was like on the verge of saying no, you know, I was, it was too, it was so much money that I was like, I don't know if this is the right move. And we did it, you know, I just, fuck, I was like, fuck it. I said yes. Sure. And I didn't like right away, we didn't see a whole lot of traction. But after like within like a month and then 60 days, we start seeing like some growth and it's only been like 90 days or something. And we went ahead and signed for the year. And that was even a much larger <laughs> sum of money that kept me up at night thinking about it. But when I finally said yes, I slept like a baby. It was very strange. But do you believe in like karma? Like I'm big time into karma. Like, like if you put out good, it like good comes back to you. Yes. So like I'm so, so into karma and doing good for others. And I feel like it's absolutely come back to me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And if you think negatively, you're going to get negative shit. If you put out negative, you're going to get negative. If you put out positive, you're going to get positive. So 100% believe in that and try to live my life in, in that way. This is cool. Yeah, I'm glad you're, uh, you know, like it's weird to, I talk to a lot of people and sometimes there are, I have met a few successful people who kind of don't think like this, only a few, and they're actually kind of negative. Um, 
I hate to call people out. This lady, <laughs> this lady is fighting in the UFC this weekend. Okay. And I interviewed her, and she was just kind of like, yeah, just kind of show up and do, you know, kind of try a little bit, but don't try too hard. And she's fighting for the belt in yeah. uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, I won't say her name, but she's cool. Actually, it was just a weird. It's like she wasn't into like the metaphysical or karma and stuff. She was just like, yeah, just try and it seems to work out but uh i was gonna ask you something to like a kind of semi segue i'm like a huge ufc fan super obviously and you're in the be into the bkfc correct thing genre and and so like if you could sell the people on why bkfc is better if you think it is or why why they should pay attention to it more originally i was a ufc fan like i went to ufc one like i thought it like i mean i was i was a kid when it came out like i thought it was fantastic the the one thing that um the one thing that i like about bkfc over ufc is it's way more action-packed and 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 you know what? There's some fantastic UFC fights, but there's also a lot of snooze fights where you got like where two guys are just stalemating each other basically, yes. and you don't see that in BKFC. I mean, for generally, I mean, I can only remember a handful of fights that were kind of snooze fest. Otherwise, you usually got two dudes who are just slugging it out. It's uh, it's shorter rounds. It's and and it's a one minute rest time, so they get more time to rest. And like I said, you just you get you get these guys giving it all. And like I said, I still I, I plan on watching the the Strickland uh, Duplessis fight. I mean, it's gonna be great. But for for the for the value too, like uh, BKFC for their app is eight dollars a month, and you get all their content. Uh, minus they have they have a couple pay per views a year, but those aren't included. For eight dollars a month, and you get all the access to all their stuff. It's 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 the best value in combat sports at the moment. <laughs> nice, that that works. Okay, that's very reasonable. I didn't know I did not know about the eight dollar app option. And do they do monthly events or? And, and only a few like major pay-per-views or so as of right now uh, i think dave feldman said he's looking at doing 60 i know in january there's only one event but it looks like i believe there's going to be three events in february and yeah so the, for that one price you get all those um i think he said he was going to try to do no more than two to three pay-per-views a year uh last year they did two and uh, that was the first two ever. So we'll see what it's like going forward. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, there's at least two. There's been four in some months. So I mean, like I said, it's two bucks a, two bucks at an event basically at that point. So like you're not going to get a better deal. We got um, presented Mike Perry to sponsor him when he was fighting Luke Rockhold last sure. year. And I passed and I was like, oh, that was that would have been a good one. I should have said, yes. said yes. That's fucking hilarious. Damn it. Well, I know. And it's so if we get present. If I said yes to everything, though, we are constantly getting hit up for sponsor this fighter and this fighter and this fighter. And then some I don't know. We, we say yes to as much as we can. And I say yes to a lot, honestly. And that's what got has gotten us this far with promoting um i don't know if you know who shane gillis is sure he yeah. we've been working with him for a few years and uh but now he he just blew up he just went to another agency okay and they want five times as much money as i was paying him last year yeah and we i'm not saying yes to that and you know it's so crazy too like you get you got these people who like prior to his like huge success you were you were with him and then they get super successful and then they forget you 
but it's a, it's one of those things like if you would have forgotten them they'd be like oh you know like it's i feel like you're you're kind of in a no-win situation and i see the same sort of thing with bkfc like you got these guys who are just starting out and these people support them and then they start making a name for themselves and then they kind of either you know like they, they try to part ways and it, it's unfortunate and I, I realize you have to always be bettering yourself but like i wish there was a, like a happy medium where you can still support the people who helped get you there i think that would be that would be nice i'm not um hold it i'm not gonna hold my breath but i'm also not giving up hope with shane i'm gonna maybe reach out to him personally he wears sheath i've seen him i mean he we we pay a lot of people to you know be sponsored by us and i'll see them in a video and they're not wearing it and i'm like okay, sure. did they really like it or whatever but he's always wearing it and i've heard him talk about it on rogan and so he's like actual kind of consumer of the product so i'm gonna We'll see if we can do something else down the road. But I really love his comedy. I don't know if you saw his last special. No, he's really funny. Yeah, yeah. I like him. He is hilarious. Uh, okay. So, do you know who Mr. Beast is? Probably. I do. My son loves him. We actually filmed some stuff for Mr. Beast at one point. He said, you know, he liked it, but uh, nothing came of it. But we, uh, my son, my son was catching alligators wearing a Mr. Beast t-shirt. And I think he was like six or seven at the time. And they're like, we love it, but nothing came of it. So you let your son catch alligators. My son's been catching alligators since he was two years old. Like, I figure if he's going to be around alligators, he needs to know how to like protect himself. And, and, and so, I mean, I'm not letting him catch big ones, but yeah, he can catch like a three foot alligator. He's 10 now. He could absolutely catch a three, four foot alligator. No problem by himself. Yeah. And you were saying like, they don't know what's touching them. Cause there's so many alligators in that one video. Yeah. So yeah. Can you explain kind of the, uh, psychology of what it takes to do catching or like, catch an alligator or whatever right I'll, I'll just tell you like how we do our class so when we start our class we start you out in a, a little circular pond with a bunch of gators that range from a foot to like three foot no, nothing big uh those we teach you how to catch you how you like how you catch an alligator on land is completely different than how you catch one in water so after you get proficient at that which usually only takes a couple catches you know like a small gator like that's no big deal like you know like it's easy, it's easy. so then we move you up to the gators that are like uh three to six foot in length and uh generally speaking what you do with those is you go in the water uh there and like so all of our alligators are separated by pen because they will eat each other when they get to a certain height so or length. So they all have to be kind of separated. And uh, just keeping them in smaller pens like that, we're able to keep uh, pay attention to see if any of them get sick or hurt or anything. That way we can better health check them. That's the only reason we actually catch all the alligators is for health checks. Anytime you have more than one in a pond, they tend to bite and fight each other. So, so anyway, after we uh, teach you how to catch the three to six footer, you go in the water, grab them by the tail, drag them up on land and jump and safely jump on their back and, and secure them. And like I said, we do the health check and everything and then uh after that we we, we take you in the big pond and that we got everything from like six to eight footers up to 11 footer in there and uh and how you catch a gator in like the deep water so there is a whole bunch of them usually in the pond and uh they're always they'll they'll bump into each other so as long as you're like slow and kind of calculated with your moves you can you can get away with touching them and as long as you don't you know poke them hard or anything generally speaking they, they won't turn and try to bite you i mean I, i've seen it happen before where they have tried to turn and bite people but yeah um anyway so like, like they yeah, do that exactly. thing where they like just reach around and snap or whatever 
yeah, so what they do is they try to use their tail to push whatever is by their tail to their mouth. So, that, you know, they, they make the youth. Yeah, so that they're swapping you with their tail. Everybody always says, like, aren't you afraid of getting hit by the tail? It's like, I'd rather get hit by the tail than the bite again. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, <laughs> they'll hit you with the tail and try to drive you towards the mouth. But uh, once you once you get out there, like you, 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 we call it ninja catching them. You try to barely touch them and you can you can get on their back and, and put a rope around them. And then we drag them up. And you like in that one video, you saw the yellow mark on its neck. It was the... We uh, every year we do a thing called uh, Gator Fest, and we go out there and we catch every big alligator that we can, and we give them a medical check. They're all microchipped, and so we uh, check their microchip. We measure them to see if they've grown or any any new injuries or anything. So we, like I said, we try to get at least one medical check a year on all the alligators, and it had the yellow mark because we had uh, we had caught it earlier. Ah, the the one that was in Inside Edition. Correct. Yeah, how did. Did they reach out to you or how does that happen? So, so that was another one of those videos that I filmed and a, a company was like, Hey, you know, superheroes are going really big. So, you know, like, so we did, we did Superman. We did, I mean, we did all sorts of superhero stuff and like, so yeah. So, and then inside edition saw that clip and they wanted it. But I mean, I've done, I've been fortunate enough. I've done shows on discovery channel, animal planet travel, like I've, nine news up in Denver. Like I, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. Luckily. Yeah, uh, I'm g- I'm gonna be going on Fox 21 local oh, nice. or whatever and, and on the 31st. They contacted me. Maybe they heard about the UFC thing. I have been on a, a few times in the past. Those morning shows sometimes. Sure. No offense, they're like nobody's watching them, <laughs> but it's still good practice and fun. And I I appreciate the interest. Um, so, but do you have a farm with alligators? So I don't have the farm. I work okay. there. So my buddy, my buddy, the Youngs, they own the gator farm. So originally started out as a fish farm. It started out as a catfish farm originally, and back in the in the seventies. And they have geothermal wells there, so it's hot water year round. The water comes out of the ground at like ninety in the upper nineties. And so uh, they switched over to tilapia, and they are big time, uh, you know, big time about going green. So they brought in the alligators. They brought in fifty little alligators to eat all the fish guts and all the dead fish back in, uh, I think it was 87. And then uh, people heard about the the alligators. And so people started coming for the alligators and then it turned into a, like a reptile uh, rescue and, and they still do fish farming there, but the alligators are the big hit. And these are the guys in Alam- Alamosa? Yeah, it's just North Alamosa and Mosca. Yep, right by the sand dunes. And now, and you were living there when you grew up or whatever, but now you live in Wisconsin? Correct. So I, uh, yeah, so I was, I would actually live in Denver and I would drive down on the weekends to go like four hour trip down. I would go wake up at like three in the morning, drive down, go play with alligators, then drive back that on the weekend. I just loved it so much. And, uh, so when I, when I was fortunate enough and I had videos start going viral, the, the gator farm. So I was a volunteer for a long time. And then the, the gator farm, when I had all the videos go viral, they're like, look, we're getting, we're getting a lot of publicity. So we're, we're going to create a social media position. We want you to be at. So I'm luckily enough. I still, I still run the social media for them up here in Wisconsin, but uh, I can travel. The gators can't. So like, and, and I just, I love the Wisconsin area now. So. Okay. And you said you're driving to Miami. I mean, are you taking you're not taking alligators to miami (laughs) (laughs) no no we're i'm going down uh so one of my sponsors he um i don't know if if you said miami you said uh, you said florida i think yeah yeah no it was miami yeah okay um 
No, so one of my sponsors, he he sells kilts. So if you see me in the videos, I'm always wearing a kilt because oh. there's there's thousands of people out there that catch alligators. I'm the only dude in a kilt that wears. And it's just it's so weird how like if you tell somebody, oh, I saw this guy catch an alligator, but if you say I saw this guy in a kilt catch an alligator, people know it's me right away. So it's just it was a, a branding imaging thing. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. So we're going down. Uh, he's he's got a festival. We're taking some kilts to, and then I'm actually going to the BKFC event that's going to be down in Miami. But why we're down there, we're actually going to go to a couple zoos and and do some stuff with some alligators down there too. For like filming and stuff, or just for fun? Just for fun, and uh, yeah, well, I'll film of course a little bit because you never know. It's like that's the one thing about viral videos. You always got to be filming because you never know what you're gonna miss. And like, there's been so many clips where, luckily enough, you know you're filming. Like, and and the thing about viral videos is you always film too long because you know, like, so many people are like, oh, I stopped it because I didn't want to waste it. But you you can always cut down video footage. You can't add to it. Uh, we're going to this wrestling tournament tomorrow at uh, high school wrestling but they're bringing in an olympic gold medalist uh, adeline gray and then basil hafez who we work with a lot in the ufc is a friend of mine he's going to show up and do a meet and greet with some of the fans there and i'm like we do a lot of cool stuff and if i had a film crew with me constantly that would be nice how do you go how do you film things personally do you have a somebody? my wife my wife films everything for me okay. and like so when we go to this uh when we go to the bkfc thing she's not going to be there she's going to be up here with my son so uh my, my buddy i told him i was like well you know you get a I, i'll take you to go do a bunch of cool shit but you got to film for me you know what i mean so like it's you know in texas he filmed we went and played with camels and zebras and all sorts of cool stuff and he and and i did a welfare check on some alligators out there for a, a buddy who's got some and uh, yep, I told him you get to pet these animals and play with them, but I just need you to film everything. So, <laughs> oh man, I like it was crossing my mind the idea of you teaching me to, you know, catch an alligator and filming that and what sure. that would look like. I would love to. <laughs> it's funny. So, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Camozzi, is like, hey, what if we got four or five bkfc ufc guys and we went down and caught some of the alligators and i was like i think it'd be fantastic and, and i mean like i said it's generally safe like i've only had one student get bit and that's because the person wasn't paying attention so <sighs> i've been bit one time in 20 years if you listen to me like uh for the most part you're pretty safe what happened to the person that got bit if you're not paying attention like i mean it's, it's one of those things like if you have a six foot alligator in your hands and you're like looking around behind you and trying to figure out like you need to worry about the thing that's at the end of your hands so yeah it was, it was, it was one of those instances it'll be in the moment be present don't yeah be getting distracted when you're catching alligators that makes Focus perfect that. sense yeah yeah i would think that would be self-explanatory potentially well when you have like 50 alligators in a pond sometimes you're like oh is there a gator behind me but that's what i'm there i'm the instructor so i'm there to keep you safe behind you like i said i just need you to focus on the, the bitey thing at the end of your hands so <laughs> the bitey thing oh that's funny um but so do you practice martial arts because you wrestle a lot of alligators so when I was growing up, I did uh, Taekwondo and I did wrestling and I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I did MMA for a while. I actually fought on like a ring of fire card. I, I had my, uh, I had my shoulder blown out and that was the end of my combat career. Okay. Yeah. I, it's fun though. I imagine exciting. Yeah. It was one of those things like, you know, I mean, I, I loved the fighting and stuff. Like I really like coaching. I really like watching. And then like, I, you know, like I, I was able to focus all that energy that I had for the MMA and the wrestling, and I turned that towards animals. And I, got, I don't regret it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to be in the NBA when I was growing up. I did not do any martial arts and I wish I would have, but the effort I did dedicate towards basketball was to trend, just like the work ethic. I, sure. I had to try extra hard because I'm 5'8 and 150 approximately. And so very average. And so I had to really uh, try a lot harder than everyone else just to kind of keep up. And when it, I got injuries as I was growing up, ankles. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it's like, oh, did I waste all that time? But I really developed a strong work ethic and I applied that in my jobs and then in the army and now into this. And when I was 20, I started training jujitsu with okay. a friend of mine and I'm 45 and I've been doing it ever since on and off. I, I don't have a belt because, and I just learned this, which I should tell people, because I was always a nogi practitioner. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I go to these classes with a gi and I'm a white belt and I'm kind of like, this isn't really, I feel like I should at least be a blue belt. Yeah. You know, but uh, they don't know. And so, and then I ended up getting hurt last year rolling with a white belt. He was like six six and like a spaz, and I was passing his guard, and he like, like spazzed out, and it, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. I should not have gotten injured, but I, it like, my leg was transitioning over his torso, and when he popped up, and it like, my knee popped, and I was I finished the roll and everything because I'm a man, and I'm like yeah. oh, I'm not hurt, <laughs> and then we I went to the next partner and we started rolling and I was like yeah this isn't gonna work I can't put any pressure on it I limped out of there and haven't been been able to go back but I I have been training again since then but then I broke my arm my arm is actually I broke my radial head on my elbow by yeah. you know when you if you like fall and try to brace yourself sure and the bone on bone like it just cracked a port like a dime sized portion off of my the radial head and it's still kind of like broken but i've been rolling and i just kind of favor it you know do you still do anything or my son i wrestled my son so it's one of those things like when i was younger when i was in my 20s i could go catch like 50 alligators and i'd feel fine like i'm at the point now where i catch like 10 alligators and i'm dying you know what i mean like i'm, I'm in my i just hit 43 and like my, you know, like your legs are sore, your shoulders sore, like your back. So it's so funny, like as, as we age, like we we require, like we ask these younger people, hey, why don't you come help move this guy? You know, I'll 100%. take a picture of you. Yeah, it looked, oh, it looked really cool. And it's really just, I don't want to do it. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm 45 now and I, I like to have helpers because yeah. I can, I know what needs to be done, but I get kind of tired, I guess. And I have a lot of stuff to do you know and so it's hard you know like running this company is there's a lot of moving pieces and we are a small company relatively small for how i don't know like how it appears on the outside we're the official underwear sponsor of the ufc but we're right. actually like there's like seven of us and you know i'm just many hats we all do like a lot of different jobs within the company and uh we don't have a headquarters we just we, it's, we all pretty much work remotely i mean i have a, i have a, this warehouse is kind of like our headquarters but sure. we're all over the united states and we all meet on discord each week or a few times a week and have meetings and stuff but then 
it's a pretty chill for the for for my team because they can work from home. Sure. They only have to work for like two or three hours a day, or as needed. You know, shit hits the fan for you know sometimes, and then yeah. we, we all all hands on deck type thing. What do you your job like? Your job is social media. It seems like. Right. So I do the social media. I also help my buddy. Like I said, uh, he, he's got a warehouse. I do. I, I help him with some stuff. I do some shipping, receiving. Um, he, yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. So he, um, during COVID, he got ridiculously sick. And so, uh, like, I thought he was, there, there was a good chance that he was going to pass away. And he, luckily enough, he didn't. But, uh, you know, he's uh, he's in his upper 60s. Or no, I say upper. He's uh, he's uh, 63, not upper 60s. He's killing <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so I help him. Like, today, we we're getting everything ready. We moved trailers around. We changed the oil in the trucks. And, I mean, like, it's just a lot of little stuff. So, like, it, like I have yeah. free time, so I go help him. So Yeah, there's always, like, shit to be done. And you're the, I guess you the young one in that scenario yeah it's funny so he, he he likes to say he goes i made a friend who has a uh, strong back and a weak mind he's like i can talk <laughs> into doing anything you're a gator wrestler you know so like yeah we do we do that and like i said i mean like i'm answering emails and posting stuff for the gator farm why i do it and then like i have my own youtube that i'm doing and and still you know, i mean luckily enough the with the social media it kind of makes it flexible to do a whole bunch you know yeah yeah it's and i was saying like everybody wants to be that i think that's the number one answer for kids 10 to 14 is what do you want to be when you grow up and it's like a youtube an influencer <laughs> so my son like i said has been catching gators since he was two he's done he's done several tv shows also and it's so funny because he's every day i don't want to go to school i just want to do youtube and i'm like you have uh, to go to school but i mean he's been successful and he's been on tv so he's like oh well, I, I just want to do that and i'm like yep that's not gonna happen you got to get the education first at least at least the high school education you know yeah, and me, you know, he could do it after school or whatever. Yeah, 100%, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So and um, but so you're doing all that, and then you started a podcast, the BKFC Reddit podcast. Yeah. So I, I watched the BKFC. I love it, and so I, uh, I I joined the Reddit, and I mean, it's just so YouTube's great for and, and but I mean the, the the YouTube commenters they can absolutely get on you and especially like somebody who like me who does like the stuff with the alligators I get video like people all the time oh I hope you die like just terrible uh, they say absolutely horrible things to me so I joined the Reddit and like I enjoy like the the commenters and stuff and so we would we would get the, some of the fighters to come in and do AMAs but a bunch of the fighters were like look like I don't want to come on here and write you know answers to people like can't we just do an interview. And so it was one of those things like they, there was kind of like missing that niche. Like a lot of, a lot of the podcasts, they want to talk to fighters. Like I talk to fighters, I talk to coaches, I talk to sponsors. It's one of those things like I, there's so many moving parts with a company like that. And we're getting in basically ground level. I mean, they're only a couple years old and like to be able to say that I'm in at the ground level is just fantastic. And yeah, I mean, this podcast thing has taken off and I mean, like, it's crazy. I actually have fighters reaching out to me now, which is, you know, the, how I know I'm starting to make it. So. Love it. Yeah. Can you talk about anybody in particular or that's like, no. So uh, yeah. Like somebody like John Dodson, he, he yeah. said, Hey, uh, he just did an MMA fight. And he, uh, so I said, Hey, good luck over there. And he goes, Hey, when I come back, let's do a, a podcast about that. And, uh, Mark Hunt, they're, they're talking about Mark Hunt joining the, the BKFC. So I'm supposed to talk to him and, uh, just, you know, like s several guys like that. Uh, just like I said, we're, we're starting out. I, I think, I don't know. I think I've maybe done like 15 or 20 of them, but like I said, in the beginning I was begging fighters to come on and now, and now they're coming and especially like the, the management's coming out to me. Like some people in BKFC are like, Hey, will you interview this guy? So I was like, it's going really well. 
Nice. Yeah, I just got hit up for Brandon Royval, which sure. uh, he'll be coming next Sunday. Not the, not in two days, but the following Sunday. We're going to do a photo shoot, and he did just fight for the title and sure. came up short, but it wasn't like a domination. No, know? I watched that fight. It was it was a weird fight, too. Like uh, I, I feel like he probably thinks that he could have probably done a little yeah, more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I felt like he didn't put his foot on the gas as much as he could have. Sure. Yeah, that's tough when you like just don't show up. Who I know, like Colby Covington, seemed like yeah. he didn't show up. And there was a couple other. There's there's always those fights where it's just like Israel Adesanya when he fought Strickland. I was kind of like, are you? What's happening? It is weird. So we uh, so there was a, a female fighter named Taylor Starling, and she fought for the belt, and she got absolutely annihilated. But then I talked to her and she said, I was just diagnosed with being bipolar like a week or two before that. And she's like, I had all this stuff and it, it's a mental game. So it, like, I almost wonder if, if when they don't show up, if it's entirely something mental, because like the more I talk to these guys, the more it's all, all, all mental. Well, and then it came out that Israel had gotten a DUI. Yeah. And uh, so he has like this looming thing pending, which sure. I mean, I've had a couple run-ins with, the popo unfortunately for some dumb shit mostly and uh it's like fuck dude it's so stressful because then you get arrested they let you out but then you know you got to go to court and it's gonna yeah it's just like this looming nervousness and anxiety and stuff it, it is unfortunate. And like you said, it is crazy because like all it takes is one little, you know, how many times like, and I'm sure you too, like something that you, you know, you got away with, you're like, holy shit, if I had gotten arrested for that, I mean, I, I would be looking at serious time and, and it's just little simple things too, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I could think to, there's a, there's times in my life I won't mention, but like yeah. in the army, I did a, let's just say I smoked weed once when I was in the army. Allegedly. Before. Yeah. <laughs> and Woo! I can't. I can't get into the details, but man, if if that would have went the other way, like so many things in my life would be different. These like pivotal moments would have just changed the course of you know history type thing. Can I ask how you got in the army? Because you seem like a like a, the type of hippie guy and the book weed. Like you don't you don't come across as somebody that I see joining the army. I actually killed it when I was in there, but it was it was kind of a desperation move. I was okay. just I had used all my college like um, money that I had from my grandparents gave me like twenty thousand dollars or whatever to go to college. That was gone. I had student loans. I was working at a at a job where I was making twelve dollars an hour, right. and I had a daughter, and it was just like. I need to do something different. And it's the middle of the Iraq war. And I had already tried to join like five years earlier and they wouldn't let me in because of what you were just talking about. And there were right. some some charges that had occurred and this type of thing. And they were like, yeah, no. But in tw- 2006, they would take anyone with a p- pulse. Yep. I had to get a bunch of like a few waivers but they they let me in. It was so crazy because I had thirteen thousand dollars in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So that when I joined, they paid that off, which wasn't that much. You know, some people sure. a lot. But then they also paid for my like you had to pick one or the other, either the the GI bill or we'll pay off your debt. So I picked pay off my debt, and then they passed the post nine eleven GI bill, which meant I could go to school. 
So I went to school while I was in the army. And then when I got out, like while I was building sheath, I was using the post 9-11 GI bill money to pay the bills. Okay. Got my master's degree. And like the two months after I got my master's degree, she started making enough money where I could pay myself like $1,500 a month. And, okay. uh, and then it just slowly grew from there. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a desperation move, but it was actually extremely fun. The basic training, mm-hmm. like I got in there, I had seen full metal jacket and platoon. I had no uh, idea that it was going to be easy. And so I assumed they were going to yell at me and call yeah. me a bitch or pussy or whatever. And they did. And uh, they're not going to make it through. But other people would like be crying, like literally start crying and quit. Whereas yeah. for me, it pushed me to work harder. I At the end of basic training, there was 266 people in the battalion. And I won the... APFT, the Army Physical Fitness Test. Oh, nice. Yeah, against uh, out of the 260 people. And so that's my little accolade, which is pretty Congratulations. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for your service. You're welcome. It was, and then I did two tours and I had the idea for Sheath on my second tour. And then I ended up getting out and pursuing this. But it was, I, I feel like everyone should go through like basic training, you yeah. know, because it really tests your steel and shows you you're capable of competing against your peers it, i mean i've say that it t- made him a, a man out of me you know so but I, I, maybe it's not for everybody but i i thought that it was very beneficial cool yeah but um i'm assuming you did not quite go that route because you're doing other things no, so I actually uh, I attempted. I joined. Uh, I signed up when I was seventeen, but I was born with only one kidney. So when they found that out, like I had to get an appendix uh, removed, and they discovered that I only had one kidney. So I, then I was medically discharged, and so I, uh, so I, I, I attempted to, but uh, yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, because they don't like they don't let everyone in. There is that one. Then they yeah, I had a broken femur where I have a titanium rod from when I was 19 doing dumb shit. I hit myself with my own car. How nice. I was delivering a pizza and I was walking with the pizza to the front door and I I heard my car start moving and I turned around and my car's rolling towards their house. So I was, you know, I had this split second decision. I threw the pizza to the front door and I ran to try to Superman stop the car and that did not work. And no. it pinned me in between the house and the car. And then I woke up in an ambulance. Wow. <laughs> it, was like, it was, yeah. But uh, fun times, dumb shit. It's crazy how how, how it all plays out. And it, that's why it makes me think, like, is this, are we in a matrix? Is this even real? Do you ever have deja vu? I feel like I have deja vu so much. And it's one of those things like I was like, I'm almost party. And, and you know, like, okay, well, I know I'm going to succeed at this because I remember, I remember either dreaming about this or it, I remember doing it, you know? Yeah, it did. It like literally happened last night. I was talking to my wife and she brought up something and I was like, this is so familiar. And it was like a deja vu type thing. Yeah. And I don't know what it all means. I, I had a dream 
like two nights ago where I was driving in a car, life is go, you know going on as usual, and the like a meteor struck and i don't remember like you only i remember like bits and pieces of the dream but i realized that the earth kind of had like got spun off its axis and grav like gravity changed but everything just like went dark sure and and i was but i was like okay just wait like 60 seconds and it'll all be over or whatever 10 seconds and and I just kind of accepted my fate, like it's over. And then, but it was just a dream. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad it was only a dream. Yeah, it was kind of freaky. Well, and we, because we just watched this movie called The Day After. It was made in 1983, and it's about okay. a the the day after a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> and it's dark, dude. It's it was like a, one of those after school special type filmings, you know, like when we were kids, mm-hmm. and like the production level was so like 1980s after school special, but it was such a dark movie. And and there's all these dark movies coming out now, kind of like the end of the day. But there's some new one with uh, Julia Roberts and it's like on Netflix, but shit's getting weird. People are building bunkers and, you know. you know what I found? Like I don't know about you, but uh, talking to all these fighters, the amount of conspiracy theorists that are in fight, like I don't know, like <laughs> it, like all the fighters I talk to, they're like, you know, you gotta you gotta educate yourself, and 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 I've yet to find one that's like who who is doesn't believe in some kind of aliens or conspiracy theory, or you know what I mean? Like it's I don't know what they, what do they train these guys to do, but yeah, it's crazy how that's the thing they believe in. That made me think of Eddie Bravo. He's yeah. 100%. Like the epitome of conspiracy theories. And yeah, but at the same time, I feel like they're some of the most clear thinking sure. <clears throat> humans because they get all the the stress out and, you know, all that just bad energy through in, in, during training. And then you're just centered, I feel like. At least that's been my experience after I train sometimes. It, so, but it is it, it is a little odd. I think a lot of them smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, which isn't a bad thing. But I actually smoke less weed now. But I'm getting older, and I just I feel good. I've been sleeping better, and um, life is pretty good. And I don't know what I was maybe trying to escape from or at a different time, but it was just something we did. I don't know seems to have worked out. Wiz Khalifa says the more weed I smoke, the more money I make in one of his lyrics. And I, I remember a lot of times smoking weed thinking that and it was working. Like we kept making more money. I was like, let me smoke more weed. <laughs> I think I've tried it twice in my life. Like it's just, it's something like I came from a family of addicts though. So like, I, like I, I didn't start drinking until I was 24 because I was like, I need to know that I can like control myself. And, and like I said, and, and we just never appealed to me. And like, I, I mean, like I said, and, and I know that I can have like a drink or two drinks and it's not a big deal. But like I said, I just, it's one of those things like I don't want to test myself because I, you know, I think that's a good I, thing. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, Oh, you can just smoke weed. No, actually, if you, if you don't, that's good. You know, sure. if you're, if you're happy or whatever, like 
why would you need to smoke weed? A part of me wants to try like some of the edibles and stuff because I'd like pain because like, holy cow, you know, like, you know, 43 now, like shoulder hurts and hip hurts. So, I mean, I, I'm interested in that aspect of it, but like the whole, like just smoking the smoke, like that doesn't interest me at all. Yeah. I'm way less. Cause now I like, and now it's so powerful, the mm-hmm. weed. And I would find myself like a hundred days out of the year this is like in like let's say 2017 to 2021 or something or anyways um i'd smoke in the morning like 10 a.m and then but i'd get too high and now i'm like i'm like i'm too high now but i would still do what i had to do but you know i'd probably need to take a nap or something and then uh, now it's like uh, you kind of have a lot of responsibility and a lot of people count on me, not just our employees, but the re- sponsorship sure. relationships. And I just feel like I, I have too much to be you know, focusing on to just be getting like blazed all day. So let me ask you this. So you, you sponsor people. Um, luckily enough, I've, I've, you know, like uh, when I was doing stuff at the Gator Farm, I had uh, uh, some people who make like bow fishing stuff because I, I, that was one of the things I did a lot of bow fishing and I'd feed the, the carp to the alligators. Cool. But I would get people that would be like, hey, can you get me a sponsorship? But I would always tell people like, I always bought the person's product before I even asked for a sponsorship or I had anything to do with it. And then the amount of people that are like, well, I know you, so you should get me this. Like, do you do you get a fair amount of people who actually wear sheath or they know that you are a generous guy and you sponsor some fighters and they just want you to hook them up? It's mostly people who haven't tried us before and which typically will be like, well, you never, you haven't even, you don't even follow us. You haven't sure. shared anything. We have no orders from you. And that will, a lot of times will be like, no, sure. So we won't say yes. Sometimes depends on who it is. If it's somebody reputable, but mostly it's people just out of the blue uh, uh, like and they've never even tried our product um kyle nelson is a ufc fighter that we've been working with since 2014 where he actually supported our kickstarter oh wow and so we were he you know supported he bought first and he had like 30 pairs and you know it's 10 years later now and he's in the UFC just signed another contract and we're still working with him. So I, I way, way, way prefer those. Absolutely. And, but yeah, I, it's kind of cringy when they're like, they haven't even tried the product, but they want to, they want us to sponsor them. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> Especially you better be, you better have, you know, have something to offer us. Uh, if it's you're going to give take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Be, yeah win-win and that's the those are the obviously the best relationships and i i got a lot see part of my hesitation with the ufc was we've been working with all these fighters for years which in honesty all honesty we couldn't really tell it's like we sponsor this one fighter we don't get like a huge push or yeah. th- like not that many codes even the cool thing about fighters is they are the kind of like apex predator of their gym and people probably look up to them so if mm-hmm. we can sponsor fighters all over in different gyms one would think maybe it would kind of cascade down to some of the lower level uh practitioners at those gyms and stuff but <clears throat> When we went, you know, so we work with all these agencies to sponsor fighters now and mostly work with, that, you know, agencies now. And, but 
couple of them were <sighs> telling me, you know, like telling me stories about how brands went to the UFC and it didn't work out and like that UFC is greedy and they just take your money. I'll tell you what, they're not. Yeah. They're fucking really cool. It's actually very reasonably priced for what you get out of it. It's expensive, but you're getting worldwide, you know, recognition. So the, I have, I have a one other UFC experience. Uh, so Manscaped, they sent me a product package and they said, Hey, film something. And I filmed something for them. And they're like, Holy shit. We love it. They actually bought one of my videos outright. Cause they, they liked it. So, and, and I feel like I didn't hardly hear anything about Manscaped and then they did the UFC and now they're huge. So I'm, I'm super excited to see the success that you pull off of from the UFC. Yeah, we actually are following their model. The okay. guy I'm working with is, you know, he's like, this is how they started, you know, and then they saw a huge bump and we didn't see it right away. And I was really kind of nervous. But like I said, after 45 days, like this swell, it's like, a, it was like a slow burn and, and it's, it's still, good now. yeah, it's good. still holding true. I mean, we just signed for 2024 um, we get, we have six fight nights. We're doing the contender series and tough, the ultimate fighter reality show. Sure. We might buy a pay-per-view, but they're, those are really expensive. And so we just kind of went with what we knew we could kind of afford for now with the option to buy a pay-per-view as you know, what might come up, but uh, yeah, but we were getting like pay. I feel like the agencies were trying to dissuade us from going with the UFC because they knew that the UFC would get that bulk of our budget. Right. And so it would kind of take away from some of the fighters. But from what I'm, it hasn't really yet. We're still sponsored. We just started sponsoring Sean Strickland. Oh, nice. Which is kind of crazy. If yeah. you look at his last on his YouTube page, his last two videos will be sponsored by us. And then, of course, the press conference where cool. he's like, "You are the what did he say? You're what's wrong with this with this world?" And uh, I forget what he said exactly, but it was he's a unique guy. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, and it we like controversy sure but we also are very inclusive of everyone and right. you know whoever whatever you want to do and yeah do do you baby boy it's all good uh, so I, I i'm i'm torn between the right. things he said and i don't want to hurt anyone so it, sure. it so there's that just putting that out there everyone we're not i, I didn't know he was going to say that we started sponsoring him before he did and but also you know, like we've been breached out, like Andrew Tate, we did not go forward with because of all, like he was like yeah. in jail or he had just gotten out for like human trafficking and stuff right. like that. Well, <laughs> Russell Brand, we were working with him. Okay. He had a sex scandal and that kind of went a little, we got a couple of videos with him and then he actually pulled away from us because he was in the middle of a sex scandal and didn't want to sponsoring underwear because it was too close to yeah. home. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. But I do we do sponsor a lot of controversial people and it typically does well for us. Um, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. 
you're a unique brand. I mean, I'm super glad that you're doing all this stuff with the UFC, but I'm not going to lie. Like part of me was hoping that I would see Sheath in the BKFC ring at one point, you know, sponsoring the ring girls. And, and I, I know you guys just started doing something with Kai Stewart and you've done stuff with Kamozi. And I, I believe like Louis Palomino, he's like the, the two division champ. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, and, and I don't know like if there's much crossover room for that, but that's definitely something I, uh, you know, I was like, ah, and it, like I said, I get super excited to UFC, but I was like, ah, I would have loved to see that logo in the BKFC ring. It's- it's never too late for that. Uh, we we did have to pull back on a deal with the PFL because yeah. they want a similar amount of money that the UFC wanted, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, it's not you're not quite there yet." But they are very nice. They were they pitched us, and you know, they're we ju- we're the fastest growing MMA league in the world. We just bought PFL, and then I mean, not PFL, Bellator, and right, and the, some of the Bellator fighters are going into pfl and but and i know we're running on we're up on time sure like two more minutes maybe uh who's mike perry fighting next so mike perry doesn't have a fight next i do know where he's fighting but i'm not allowed to say because well there was talk then maybe it was just hype but like i think it was like some it was like nate diaz or something but maybe that was he he does not have an official uh fight yet and uh, they do have a big fight that's coming up in california and there's an even bigger event that's going to go this summer but everybody has to be hush lips about that okay well that's cool you're in the know that's pretty fun you know it's kind of like it is crazy like i now i'm in the know like people reach out to me hey i got a fight coming up it'll be three months in advance no one knows and and you know keep it quiet but let's do something beforehand or maybe you could leak a little bit like i've definitely had i've had coaches and trainers say like, Hey, you know, leak this. And, you know, because we want to get this ball rolling. So yeah, it is kind of, it, I'm in the know now. It's, it's feels so it's very interesting. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Very exciting. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. I would love to join you anytime, yeah, you know, sure. because I just, I do enjoy, I actually enjoy being a guest far more than hosting because it's about me. But a lot of times I make it about me here anyways. Well, you're my first ever podcast I've done. I mean, like I said, I've done TV shows, but I've never done a podcast, and you're the first one. So I thank you for, oh. for taking that from me. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's my pleasure. So we'll be putting this out in a couple of days, and sure. uh, we'll stay in contact. And I wish you well with everything. Stay safe. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, anything else? Like, I know you're Gator 303. Yeah, Gator Wrestler 303, Gator 303. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just, if, if you look up Gator 303, you'll find me, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and you got some cool stuff. You're out wrestling in a dinosaur. Yeah, and the T Rex stuff. Yeah. That, that T Rex one is cool. Like, uh, Wiz, uh, not Wiz, uh, E40 started following me. Uh, Waka Flocka started, like, Waka. DMX posted that video. Like, that, that one had so many views. And then, uh, and a, another company bought it out so like i lost all those views but then like it's starting to get views again so. yeah it's got 17 million views rest in peace dmx <laughs> yeah right uh okay thanks so much thank you thank you everyone we'll be back again soon brandon Ro- roy vall will be with me next time and uh you know keep doing your things out there love you all peace <laughs>